my friends in Christ. Advent always seems short to me. I know it doesn't seem short to kids excited about Christmas, but it does to me. Too short, really, for accomplish accomplishing the important work of Advent. And what is the work of Advent? A look at today's scriptures with special attention to John the Baptist is a good place to find out. John the Baptist is the great Advent preacher, the great Advent prophet. To underline the Baptist's importance, St. Luke introduces him in his gospel with what one commentator calls a chronological drum roll. He presents him right alongside the great powers of the day, civil and religious, including the Roman emperor, Tiberius Caesar, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, Herod the Tetrarch, and the high priests of the Jewish faith, Anna and Caiaphas. It strikes me that John the Baptist, humble, countercultural individual that he was, would have been quite surprised to find himself in that company. But there he is. Once he makes his appearance, we see John traveling throughout the whole region of the Jordan Valley, preaching to, to the people, preaching repentance, challenging people to be converted, to change their lives. Something new is afoot, John tells them. God is about to move among them in new and powerful ways. And to drive his point home, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, giving contemporary urgency to ancient prophecy. Prepare the way of the Lord, he says. Make straight God's paths. In those few words, John gives us the work of Advent, presents us with the perfect Advent program, if you will. We are to prepare the way of the Lord. And how are we to do that? By repenting, he tells us, being converted, changing, turning our lives around. Now I ask you, who of us couldn't profit by that? Who of us couldn't profit by a little conversion of heart and life? Conversion can cover a lot of different bases. For some of us, conversion might simply mean reordering our priorities by putting Sunday Mass, Sunday Eucharist, at the center of our week. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's not so easily done for everyone, giving all the things that compete for our attention on the weekends. And it's not so easily done either if the habit has been lost or the commitment compromised over time. But it is doable with God's grace, with a willing heart, and some resolve. What would it be like, I sometimes ask myself, if we had a 12th man passion or maybe a Kraken passion for Sunday Mass. So there's one possible conversion for some. And there are others we might consider too. For instance, we need a conversion if our work has become a greater focus than our family, or if our relationships are more about ourselves than they are about the other, or if our personal comfort blinds us to the needs of the poor, or if we are so caught up with our own issues that we ignore the great and pressing issues facing the human family at this time, issues like climate change, racial and economic injustice, 
the plight of migrants and refugees, the epidemic of gun violence, the casual disregard for the value of each and every human life, especially the most vulnerable. You get the idea. Conversion can have many faces. Conversion can take many paths. And true conversion cuts across the entire landscape of our lives. In the imagery of today's scriptures, it involves hard work, hard as leveling mountains and filling in valleys, making winding roads straight and rough ways smooth. Hard work for sure, but worthwhile work because in the end, conversion leads to freedom, liberation, and it leads to joy, the kind of joy that the prophet Baruch describes so poetically in today's first reading, standing upon the heights, changing the robes of mourning and misery for the glorious cloak of justice. So matter, no matter how hard the work of conversion may be, it's worth it because of the transformation it brings, the liberation, the joy. And my friends, no matter how personal a matter conversion is, it comes to life in community, the community we call the church. Our journey of faith, our path to conversion is by no means a solitary walk. We are in this together. And whenever we gather in community as we have this morning to celebrate the Eucharist or the other sacraments, conversion gets a jump start. It gains momentum. It's in community that we experience what St. Paul in the reading from Philippians called partnership for the gospel. Partnership for the gospel. That's a way of saying that the gospel, the good news, is preached and lived in a partnership that involves us all, not just people like me, the whole church, all the baptized, all of us working together, all of us walking together in this imperfect but holy partnership we call the church. Dear friends, it's Advent, it's conversion time, and it all starts here at the table of the Eucharist. Our sharing in the Eucharist can wake us up to all the ways we need to grow. It can disturb our complacency. It can take us beyond our comfort zone. The Eucharist can change minds and hearts in the way nothing else can. That's true with regard to our personal lives for sure, but conversion also challenges us as members of a society that is torn apart by hatred, violence, racism, injustice, and the selfish exploitation of God's creation. The power of the Eucharist is personal for sure, but it is also cosmic. So, in a few minutes, when we pray the familiar words, only say the word, and my soul shall be healed, we should also be saying, or will also be saying, in effect, only say the word and our world will be healed. Because my friends, we have something to do with the healing of our world. <laughs>